You are now listening to the NYYST Welcome back. This is episode 192 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian. And I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. You! Had to remove the, as always, as per Stack Guy wow. Rye. What up? Yeah, see, we changed, we yeah, gotta change things up a little bit because uh, the Yankees' fortunes need to be changed up a little bit. We're yeah. recording Monday night on Labor Day here. The Yankees are currently tied 2-2 with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays up in Buffalo. Uh, you'll hear this Tuesday morning. We're just delaying things a day. Chris had a wedding to go to Sunday night. So we said, you know, plus with the holiday, probably best to just drop this Tuesday morning. Yeah, holiday so, pods suck. Even though, like, I was said to him like nine times, do you want to do something special for the, the Sunday pod? He was like, oh, no, maybe. And then, and then his wife was like, well, you guys can't. We have a wedding. So, like, that definitely didn't click in his brain that he had a wedding yesterday. No. I don't, I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. I, t- I don't take things like when you say them, I don't actually read them. I just kind of glance over them and respond, but I'm just down at this point. I'm deflated. This has been, has this been the worst stretch in the last five, six years that you can remember? I mean, I can't remember the Yankees playing this poorly. I don't know, man. I guess if you really want to dive into like some of those 13, 14 teams that were pretty bad, didn't make the postseason. Maybe they had stretches like this. I mean, Girardi had a couple teams that maybe won like 82 games, uh, 83 games. So they probably did have stretches like this. I just think with a team that had this high of expectations that, yeah, this is probably the worst that we've seen them play, uh, you know, at this point. I think they're like 5-13 and in their last 18 games. They lost 5 of 6. Yeah. I mean – I mean, you really think about it, like, you figure what's going to get them right, going to Baltimore, and what happened? They dropped three or four. They lost the last three to, to the Orioles. They didn't even look competitive uh, on Sunday. I mean, I had family over. I was like, oh, I'll sit down and watch the game after they leave, tape it. I finished the game in 20 minutes. Once Tanaka gave up that home run in the first inning, I was just done. I just fast-forwarded, and then I was they're just not even going to show up, and they didn't. Uh Saturday night was really deflating because I was I was down the shore. I was listening to the game on the way home, and Cole, Garrett Cole, he was through five innings, man. The guy, he was dominant. Lights I think out, he yeah. struck out eight of the first nine batters that he faced. I mean, you were thinking this is finally vintage Garrett Cole here. This is the guy that we all signed up for. And what happens? He gives up one home run, and even and even at that point, you're like, they're done. They're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game one nothing because this team is not going to score. And meanwhile, you know, you know, Cole's got to pick up Tyro Estrada there. If so Estrada doesn't make the error, he probably gets out of the inning uh, down one nothing. But he's and he's he's the ace. You know, we're not going to sugarcoat it. He's got to be better in that spot where he's sure. got to pick up. He's got to pick up his. I think Estrada was playing third base on Saturday night. He's yeah. got to pick up his third baseman and get out of the inning, especially when he knows his team is not scoring. But Let's say even he gets out of that one nothing. You have any faith the Yankees are scoring two runs in that game? I think no. they ended up scoring two runs, but the game was busted open at that point. Those are garbage time runs. They don't count. I remember that game. I remember 
already thinking about how I was going to combat Yankee fans who, when they were finally getting the Garrett Cole they've waited for, would make the excuse that it was because it was against the Orioles. I was already thinking that in my head. I was saying, okay, you're finally getting this guy, but but now the the argument will be, but it's against the Orioles. The Orioles suck, therefore, yeah, but they it really doesn't matter. Don't, though, especially if you look at the team's uh, their slugging percentages, that team can hit, which is crazy. Like, if you really look at them on paper, I know they're young and I know they have some good talent, but you wouldn't think that they'd be performing at the level that they are. And I said it before the season. I said, could this shortened season? Give a naive team like the Orioles, you know, young and naive, they can accomplish anything, some fight. And they're. Hey, your boy Luke, I mean, uh, you got to be caught up by now, but I think you're, you're, that was a nice play by Luke Boyd there to save a run. Yeah, that was right. nice. It just, it just happened. So you're pretty good on timing. So I got to wait for the play to happen and then the replay. A deal. <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and then all of a sudden the the inning just blows up and we've seen this time and time again now with Garrett Cole. Uh, We've had, you know, you can can break apart his starts, his good starts from his bad ones by saying that his bad ones, he's usually right off the bat, you could tell he's, he's getting hit hard. He doesn't have his good stuff. And, you know, he might fight for a few innings, but you know he's not there. In his good outings, the reason why they haven't been fantastic where people are you know going tell crazy over them the, tell me when the bat the batter that uh is up to it completes okay um they're not going crazy over them because even when he looks dominant he seems to have that one inning whether it be because it, because an error uh you know an error breaks open the inning or uh, you know anything, or he starts getting hit hard. It just hasn't it hasn't come to fruition for him yet. That the guy just got out the innings over. All right, so I I said this before the inning started. I said there's no way the Yankees don't get out of this inning down any less five to two. I mean it's a minor miracle that the game is tied right now. The game started as well as it possibly could have. You had Hicks, Voy uh, and Hicks go back, back to, to back. back. Yeah, but even I was driving home from barbecue and I said, you know, my wife wasn't paying attention to what I said. Shouldn't pay attention to anything that I say, but. Uh, I said, there's no way that this lead is going to stand up. And it did. And it took two fucking innings for it's crazy. For it to go. It, it, and it's luck. And they're lucky they're, it's tied right now. They're lucky it's it tied. It reminds right now. me of 2017 when this team went through that bad stretch before the All Star break and, and our bullpen couldn't hold any leads. And that's when Batances had a really rough stretch. Seemed like the Yankees. That West num- Coast? Yeah, it was the West. No, that. Or when Chris Carter made that error in Pittsburgh. The West Coast, I think, CC started it. Yeah. And then CC got hurt. He pulled his yes. hamstring after that. I don't that. know. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing you brought up 2017. I don't know if they were ever this putrid in They weren't. But they were, they were really going through a slog at one point. It was like they could be winning 8 nothing in the seventh, and you just had that gut feeling that they weren't going to win well, the game. They had a seven-game losing streak going this year, and Kay kept referencing that if they hit that eight-game losing streak, it would have been their first eight-game losing streak since 1995. Well, while... Every other team in baseball has had at least two eight-game losing streaks since 2007. Yeah. So, I mean, this is this is a terrible stretch for the Yankees right now. And, I mean, and a really bad their season history. to do it. The first thing I really want to get to is uh, the thing that a lot of people were calling for is that Gary Sanchez hit the bench on Sunday. But I do want to uh, bring this up. Let me see. Let me actually look at the rundown, see if maybe I could slide this into later on in the show. Um. Hold on and and rightfully so. I mean, we yeah. de- we defend Gary Sanchez, and 
Someone asked us, do you think, would you say now Gary Sanchez is a bad player? Someone asked us that on Twitter. And I said, you, there's two ways to, deter, to determine a good player, in my opinion. The first is what he's what proven talent he he has and and Gary Sanchez is a proven talent and I think that's why we hold him to such a high standard because we know what he's capable of but in the what have you done for me lately category I mean Gary Sanchez has been unbearable and and rightfully so he should be on the bench I think he's like four for his last 40 yeah and I think around like there 20 I'll over 20 up. of his outs and that doesn't mean that. we're we're turning our you know on our word and what we believe in him and that he he is the guy right now, but you, you got to do something with him. He's just been yeah, I don't, terrible. I, don't really, I mean, I really don't have a problem with Boone sitting him on the bench here. Uh, I'll bring up what I want to later. You want on. his last uh, uh, 15 games, his numbers from his last 15. He's 6 for 44, hitting 136, an OBP of 255, 21 strikeouts in those 44 at-bats. Just seven ribbies, Jesus. three home runs, but three so three home runs and six hits. So half of his hits, seven have, runs, seven runs batted, and four of them came on one swing. And and you know what I tweeted the other day? As bad as he's been, he's still third in home runs for the Yankees. Yeah, and and fourth right, in RBI. Yeah. You, you tweeted that. That's also like it kind of shows how bad the other guys. Yeah. Are so I mean, how about this? I'm not. I'm not. It's not. I'm not justifying how poorly he's playing but i'm just saying that think about what he does when he's good seven home runs for gary he has 13 hits on the season so over half oh of his hits God. are home runs 13 hits in 100 at bats that's just crazy and they're bad at bats they're greg bird style at yeah. bats. you know what i mean yeah. that, that quick just you you blink and it's oh two one two and that's it but then you make the same argument right i'm you can make the same argument that at least the guy's here and he's playing because he has more right. games yeah, played yeah. than than judge and and stanton combined maybe yeah. if those guys weren't hurt and on the field gary sanchez wouldn't be as much of a liability as we see him right now well here's let's get the quotes from boone uh because the benching started on sunday and uh this is aaron boone uh he said just kind of deliberated on it a lot last night just feel like this is the way i need to go right now and hopefully a day off or two it's at least two because now we're playing on monday now i heard the series um and hopefully oh here we go i decide and how or however i decide to do it here can help him get going because once on all of us to get this is fuck this is not reading correctly uh once on all of us to get around him and try and help him get to what we know he can be i don't know if that was misquoted or something it doesn't seem like they, the greatest english they want to i mean they want to rally him up and and support him and Make well, him what they expect the of him. Thing that Boone had, well, here's the next thing that Boone had, had to say. What was somebody asked him? What was his? What was Gary's reaction? He wants to play. I've had that conversation, and Gary wants to play. And anybody that's listening right now, I apologize. My baby's screaming in the background. It's my wife's getting her ready for bed, and she's kind of fighting it. But I got to leave the door open for the dog, which who I don't even know where he is right now. So he's probably doing something. He's, he's making the baby to. cry. Huh? He's probably making the baby cry. He's not by the baby. My wife would have been yelling already. Four pitch uh, walk to our Knicks. To his credit, behind the scenes, he's working his tail off and wants to be in there. But in the end, I think this is their best way to go right now. So, again, Boone benched him, said, you know, he's got it. He, but then he 
went any praise. He's like, he's working. He's working hard. So the Yankees are, I mean, they, they did the thing that everybody wanted him to do. They put him on the bench, but still at the end of the day, their boom kind of had to, you know, he propped him up a little bit. Yeah, and let's see how many games the Yankees win now that he's on the bench. Because they're 0 for 1. Right, they're 0 for 1 right now. So everyone just keeps honing in on Gary Sanchez. And again, I don't blame you for for the, you know, for hating on the guy right now. We all do. But now you can watch how little of a factor Gary Sanchez is compared to the big picture. And right now, my biggest thing right now is that this team just isn't showing up. And when they do show up, they just can't. They just, You know how we say a pitcher looks off when they just don't have that punch out pitch where they're just getting guys to swing and miss and, and, and everything. Yeah. The Yankees just don't have that knockout punch right now. Mm-hmm. They don't. They can be up 4 nothing in the second inning. Mm-hmm. They could look dominant. And the next time you look at the score, it's 6-4. And they, don't, they barely score for the rest of the game. Or maybe they do come back and they tie it, but then they blow it. And they just don't have that knockout punch in them right now. And that's what scares me. That that makeup game on Thursday against the Mets should have been a real turning. And it, it might have been a, a negative turning point and re- really sinks this team. But it should have been a real turning point for them because they were up 4 nothing. And then what, hap- what happened? Hap. Hap. Happened who you know ran his mouth, got two good starts in, and then shit the bed again. So yeah, but they took him out yeah. because of the innings thing, right? Not he because four nothing lead. Oh, oh, I thought it was because of his contract that Dude, they didn't. Smart. They didn't you're want smart him smart for putting that together. That Chris. they didn't. That they didn't want him to keep pitching in that game. I thought very smart. It was the contract, that's not the Hap, fact that he sucks. That's what Hap said to the media. Right. That's a smart assumption. Right. Chris. Wait, he you. said something again after the game on Thursday. He no, 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 no. I'm talking. No, we're, about we're just that talking last about night. what his, you know, and, um, his whole narrative of why he's oh. not pitching as many innings as he should be, or why they're skipping his starts. Yeah. You know, it's got to be the contract. Yeah. It, so it wasn't. It the, can't be his underperformance. It wasn't the five innings pitch, eight hits, and four runs allowed. Uh, okay. After you were winning four nothing yeah. in the second inning, no, definitely not. And I mean, I'll take that from scuffling. Half, a team that's scuffling as much as the Yankees are, and then they come back and they put up three more runs to take a 7-4 lead, and you got to be thinking, okay, now we're turning the ball over to Britain, we're turning the ball over to Chapman, and they still lose the freaking game. Yeah. Disheartening. So, I mean, everybody, the fans that yeah. – here's the dog. Everybody that wants to get on uh, Aaron Boone and say that he's not having a great year, and you, that's, that's a fair debate, but your goal as Aaron Boone is to get to the eighth inning and turn the ball over to Zach Britton and, and, and roll as Chapman. Yep. And he did that and they lost. So what else is he supposed to do at that point? You know, and then uh, a roll as Chapman grooves in O2 fastball uh, for the game tying home run. I mean, I can't, I just, that's on a roll as Chapman. That's not on Aaron Boone. You know, do you, you, want, you look at uh, what Garrett, uh, Garrett Cole's performance Two of the big hits he gave up, because I think he only allowed four hits, but those five runs still came across. The home run was on an 0-2 pitch that he left. Yeah, A base hit was on an 0-2 or a 1-2 pitch down the right field line. Which is my biggest pet peeve. I, that that is the one thing that, like, I get it, Chapman, I get it, Cole. You guys have incredible stuff, and you feel like you can push it through. But when, you, when you're ahead in account, especially for Garrett Cole, when you're such a strikeout you pitcher, I'm not going to give advice or anything, but don't. You, come on, not you can't get two beat. on one two. Not but when you're a strikeout pitcher. Like here's that. my here's my biggest issue with like fans in general of anything. 
the reason why we can't come to an agreement on certain things is because you're too you're too specific in your argument right the argument is that aaron boone doesn't seem to be doing the job that we would hope from him right and then from there, we can kind of dissect what we think is going on. When you say Aaron Boone sucks, he's making the wrong decisions, then we disagree immediately because we can find a million times he's made the right decisions and they still don't work out. And we know how much the statistics and the analytics play into the factors of what moves he has to make and what game plan he has. In my opinion, you want to rip on Boone, I'll rip with you if you want to say that his job is to get the most out of his players in any circumstance. And he's done a great job of that in the last two years, which is why I've supported him. And he's not doing that this year. I know he's got a depleted offense lineup rotation. I'm not saying that it's easy, but this was one factor for this was one skill he had that I always said made him unique. And I'm not seeing it this year. Uh, back. Yeah, I mean, let's finish up with thought about Gary Sanchez here. Uh, so this was something that a lot of fans wanted Gary on the bench and he's, he's on the bench. And I think it's honestly it, as depleted as his team is, as much as they need offense, they, he, it's just something that had to be done at this point. Uh, the issue is that it can't be a long-term thing. I mean, if you're looking no. at what the options are, Every, I love Eric Kratz. I really do. Yes. And, uh, but he's not a major league baseball player. He's not. He's, he he knows. I said this to, to Stack Guy Ride the other day. I've never seen a guy fit and accept his role so, so well like Eric Kratz has. I mean, he knows his, he knows his role and he makes the most of it by being a leader in the areas that he can. And I think that's his biggest value. If you're going to start arguing that his biggest value is going to be on the field, you're going to lose that argument 10 out of 10 times. Not saying he's not a you know a, a good backup catcher. He mm-hmm. is, but he's not he's not your I solution. Wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. He's I love not terrible. He's not I'm, terrible though. He he does a good job and and like I said, his and, leadership and, I think brings him to be a good player on the right. field. Yeah, and that's why he's still here. And and the guys love throwing to him. But, I mean, we jokingly called him Grandpa Kratz, but they're calling him Padre on the Padre, team. Padre, yeah. I mean, that's and then your other option is Kyle Higashioka, and uh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I'd rather, I'd rather see a miserable, unbearable Gary Sanchez mm. try to try to force his way into production than than either of these two as solutions at this point. And then again, you know, I think we brought this up that the Yankees have drafted a number of catchers high in, yes. you know, high in the draft recently. Uh, so if you're looking at them to be solutions, it's definitely not coming next year, especially that these guys are not on, uh, you know, not on the 60 man, you know, squad or whatever it is that they're calling in the alternate site. So we don't know what kind of you know, uh, you know what they're doing. Uh, a year of development has definitely been lost by these guys. Sure. You guys know how uh, old Higashioka is? He's in guess. his 30s, isn't he? Yeah, he's 30. I thought he was 29, 30. I, I guess he's that he's, old. He's been in the, he's been in the, uh, the minor leagues the for a while. He got drafted in 2008. Uh, but, so, you know, 
a lot of fans are going to want JT Real Muto on this team, but then it goes back to my point. I just don't see the Yankees doing that. I, I don't see how it's logical when you have Gary Sanchez signed for such a reasonable amount of money and the fact that you know that you're going to have to sign a lot of big players in the off in the uh, offseason where you know you're going to need to fill two rotation spots. Maybe one comes from within and the other one you're going to have to spend money on. Mm. And then you, you're you going to want DJ LeMayu back. And you know that Hal Steinbrenner doesn't spend money like his father does. He's, he'll spend it when he needs to. But if he's going to sit down with Brian Cashman and say, where do we need to spend the money? Catcher's not going to come up. It's no. just I just can't see it being a conversation that they're going to have in the offseason. Yeah, this, this fight with Gary Sanchez right now, I'll say this to the fans who, who want nothing to do with him anymore. Focus your anger on Gary Sanchez and not the organization, because the organization, if you're looking at this from a rational business standpoint here, you have a guy who you're not paying that, you know, can produce at a superstar level, right? You just know it. You know, it can happen at any time. You know what this guy's capable of. You know, I you want to be angry, be angry at Gary Sanchez then for not for not performing to his full capability. And uh, just to add to your point, Christian, with uh, the Yankees drafting catchers and that probably not being something uh, that they look into for this upcoming offseason, they drafted Anthony Siegler back in the 2018 draft. He's an ambidextrous catcher. And they also, in uh, this past draft, uh, went and got Austin Wells, also a catcher. So there's mm-hmm. two young uh, catching prospects in the Yankee system. And they have a third, uh, yeah. Josh Bro. also. And you got the Bro in there, too, right? I forgot to... So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to go out. It it seems that the strategy isn't to go and spend on that position right now, because otherwise, why are you drafting these guys? Yeah, I think they saw the flaws in Gary's play and they they drafted some some insurance. Yeah. By the time his arbitration years are done, those guys should be be ready. yeah. Yeah, ready to go. Same with Hicks, with his contract going off and then and then maybe Dominguez will be ready or even Florial. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's the right move right now uh, to put Gary on the bench, but I think long-term, he's, I mean, long-term is what, another two years? I can't, I mean, he's, his con- contract is up in, what, 2022? I think we looked at it mm-hmm. yeah. uh, last week, so. Uh, but for me to, f- all right, Creed, relax. He's going to knock the computer off the table here. Uh, for me to really turn on Gary, he's got to be going into the all-star break of next year, hitting a buck something. I mean, so... That's and and look, that's a long time of of this kind of play. It is, no, and, and it's unbearable. That's from that, all right, relax. That's from uh, that's from. However, when he returned from the injury last year, to uh, all the way through this season into that's almost two. That's you know, if you want to take it, in, I guess in real time, that's a year and a half. So yeah, it's a lot of time. All right. You know what? I gotta get this dog a bone so he leaves me alone. So you uh, want us to uh, move on to? Uh, to yeah, our you next guys topic? get started on on uh, a Chapman, and then I'll chime in when I get back. So everyone knows Araldis Chapman, what he did. Um, I forget the player uh, that he hit. It was that guy who had two home runs the following night? No, wasn't it? Mm-mm. No, well he he threw. didn't hit anyone. He threw at his head, but it wasn't uh, Brousseau. Kind of, so it kind of looked like Brousseau, but it wasn't him. It was, uh, you'll probably find it if you. Was it Hunter Renfro? No, that was Heller through at uh, Hunter Renfro. Uh, anyway, I mean, look. 
do do the Rays run their mouth? Absolutely. Yeah, Chapman nearly hit Broussel. Oh, right, right, right. I was you're right. I was thinking about Heller. And then yeah, then Hel- right. Heller hit Renfro. <laughs> Correct. Um do I hate Broussel? Absolutely. I think he's a punk. <laughs> he's a scumbag. Um should the Yankees be angry? Hell yeah. I think you need to see more anger. Should they be worried about hitting players when they're in a really tough stretch and they're only up by two runs in the last inning? No, that your your first and only priority right now. Your first and only priority if you are the New York Yankees is to win ball games. First and only priority win baseball games. And the and so that shouldn't even be on anyone's mind. I I understand you're angry. I I agree these guys deserve a, a a message. But the message right now needs to be we can beat you. Not we're going to throw at your head. And everyone knows how I feel about hitting guys. I think it's something that should never leave the sport. I think it's important. I think you have to do it the right way. I never ever agree with throwing at a guy's head, especially when you're a guy throwing hardest, 100 miles an hour in the league. And what I really don't like, and I know he does it to protect his own ass and protect his manager, I don't like that that he was so adamant that it wasn't intentional. If you want to come out and say, yeah, look, I tried to send a message. I did not intend to come anywhere near his head. The ball slipped away. That would have been a much better look to me than to say his command was off. No, but you can't ever, as a player, admit it because the commissioner is going to slap extra games under your suspension. Well, if if you have the balls to do what he did... Then have the balls and man up and I and say it like Joe Kelly, that, who I hate too. But yeah. I don't disagree with that. But you know, it's, and he got eight games. Yeah, but guess what? That's p- part of the message. There is don't do it. So if you're if you don't want to put your team at, at at risk of losing you for eight games, then just don't do it right now. Somebody had a spray chart of the Rollers Chapman's fastballs do, uh, in 2020, and it looks like. On the surface, if you remove a batter from the batter's box, that it's completely plausible that he had no idea where the hell the ball was going because he's been erratic and wild. And even on his best days, he's erratic and wild. My and somebody pointed this out to me, and I noticed it. And I think the biggest smoking gun against the Rollers Chapman doing that on purpose was the following pitches directly to home plate after he released the ball. To me, that just looked like he was ready to fight somebody. He's like, here, I'm going to fucking throw this at your head. You're going to be mad, so let's fight. And that's what it looked like to me. To me, the biggest, the two biggest smoking guns were, A, it was the first pitch of the inning, correct? Uh, If you remember. No, it was two outs because. uh, I meant the first pitch of the at-bat. Yes. And then that was the first one, right? When you have a guy who you clearly have beef with in Brousseau up at the plate. And you do that on the first pitch. That's the first smoking gun for me. The second one is his following pitches of the at-bat. He looked great. Mm. I mean, the, he was pinpointing and hitting all the spots. That yeah, one ball. That look, in we've my... seen that with him before yes. where he doesn't know where it's going. And then he just looks like the most dominant pitcher to me, ever. To me, I'm someone who, when, you, when you're analyzing something you'll never know the truth on, that only Raldis Chapman will know the truth about, you have to look at the coincidences. And if there's too many, then you have to lean the other way. Because 
first coincidence is that he has two outs in the inning. He's finally not in any trouble. And all of a sudden, the ball goes first pitch over the guy's head at 100 miles an hour who they have beef with. The next coincidence, like you said, he just walks right off the mound towards home plate. The next one is that he looked dominant the rest of the at-bat. And it's clearly a team they have some hostility towards. So, to me, all signs point to that was intentional. I don't think he intentionally threw at his head. I don't. Mm. I don't think Chapman would do something like that. Yeah. But no, when you mix... Yeah, that's what my wife said. <laughs> but when you mix in the factor of Chapman... This is why Chapman shouldn't throw at anyone. Because he knows he doesn't have the command as, as some other guys who throw 100. When you mix that in with the fact that I do think he was trying to send him a message... It went over his head, and that just can't happen. You can't risk that. No, absolutely. Uh, it's a bad look for Rollers Chapman. It, you can never – I have no tolerance for anybody that throws at somebody's head. It no. just has no place for it in the game. And I just think it was a stupid spot in the game to do it because the Yankees desperately needed to win that game. And, Ryan, I think it w- you can maybe look this up real quick. I think they won that game 5-3. Five five three. 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 Five okay. Three. So why are you going to even – mess around with putting the tying run on base yeah. in the ninth inning of a game you desperately need. Look, I said this when you were when you were when you stepped away for a couple seconds. The Yankees first and only priority right now should be winning. Mm. That's it. No. And I agree with that. That's why you and I disagree a lot of the times on this retaliation thing where you're like, oh, my guy gets hit, do it. Tonight. No, you got to win the game first right. because the ultimate retribution is winning. Okay. But if, you, and if, I, the, if that game, if that was an 11 to 2 game and you want to plunk somebody, go for it. I don't have a problem with that. Like when CC, like that, uh, like in 20, uh, 2017. No, it was, no, 2018. Uh, 20, 2018. Uh, let me know when, uh, when the, the the okay. Back, okay. Back, back, I will. Uh, in 2018, when he lost, right when he lost his bonus, right? Because that got was ejected. for you, bitch. Yeah. Okay. The Yankees were up 11 nothing in that game. Mm. That's the time to do it. Yeah. Not five to three in the ninth inning when the team is scuffling and you can't you can't win to save your life. Look, I think there's certain instances, and I've said this in the past, where. This, regardless of the score, you need to protect your players, but you also have to look. Yeah, that was a bomb. He's starting to swing. That was a bomb piece. Bye-bye. Um, There's certain times where, yeah, the score doesn't matter, and, and you do have to protect your players who are getting hit over and over again, but... Well, do you think Tanaka hit Wendell in the first inning on purpose? I That's don't know. That's what the Rays were crying about. I'll be honest with you. I was listening on the radio at that point, and I... I would need to see it to really analyze that and see it in context. But um, but sometimes in, in this situation right where the Yankees are struggling so heavily, mm. especially against the Rays, who are, not a lot of games left. who are ahead of them with a shortened season, right. you will never be able to justify hitting someone. Right. You will never be able to justify protecting your players as top priority over winning at that point. Yeah, and, and that's where if it was intentional, whether he meant to just send a message or not, where outside of the fact you should never be thrown at someone's head, the other big factor is that you need to win ball games, and that should be all that's on your mind, and that should be the only thing you need to piss the Rays off. And uh, Chapman was suspended three games for that, which I don't. I'm not going to say I agree or disagree with. What I do definitely disagree with 
is that Kevin Cash was only suspended for one game after his post-game comments. Yeah. I got the quote here. He said, I have a whole effing stable full of guys that throw 98 miles per hour, period. And and to put that into better context, right before that, they played Boone's press conference, and he was asked questions about Cash, and he said, I'm friends with Cash. If there's something we need to deal out, dish out together and, and figure out, we'll do it. Um, we'll do it together. I'll, I'll reach out to him. I'm not going to comment on, on Kevin cash. And then Kevin cash comes out and he's like, the Yankees coaching was embarrassing. Whatever he well, said, apparently Phil, uh, nobody likes Phil Nevin. No, of course. Cause he offends too many people. You know, he, he, he speaks his mind. But they were running. This is this is just a tit for tat thing now because they were running their mouth when Paxton got knocked out of the game down in Tampa. Uh, you know, I don't like when Nevin runs his mouth. So, but at the end of the day, the Yankees are getting their ass kicked by the Rays. You know, it's the biggest of a reason of anything. The Yankees are in the situation that they're on, they're in right now because they can't beat the Rays. Yeah. So, and then what happens the next? In Montgomery, man, I like Montgomery, and he's battling his ass off right now in this game. Uh, I don't really anticipate it ending well for him uh, today, but he's battling right now. I, I like him. I think he'll be a real solid starter for this team going forward in the future. But that was that was as embarrassing as a performance as I've seen out of a Yankee starter in a while because after what happened uh, the night previous, yeah, and you know that you need to go out there and win that game to, get, to only give your team two outs and allow the guy that – that uh, a Rollers Chapman tried to murder on on the field, allow a home run to him is is unacceptable. And it was hit after hit after hit after hit. Yeah, and look to Ryan to Ryan's point right now with the suspensions. I'll you heard me first say I think if Chapman if it was intentional he should have manned up. If he had the balls to do what he did, he should have had the balls to at least you know come out and say what what his intentions truly were. So for me, I feel like it was intentional, but I don't know that as f- to be a fact. I just don't. I never will. So in that sense, when you talk about suspension, we cannot be suspending guys and managers for a ball that didn't even hit the player. And, and, on, and on top of that, the player is telling you there was no intent. Whether you think there was or not, you cannot prove intent. You cannot be suspending players for that. I'm sorry. It is not. I, honestly, I don't. And Chapman actually didn't get suspended. He got he suspended, appealed obviously, it. because uh, of the pitch. But he got suspended because he has a history of doing this. Oh, if this was on. an isolated incident with him, he wouldn't have been suspended. That's according look, That's according to the commissioner's office. So take that for what it's worth. Okay. Um, and and there you go. Uh, he just as much of a bullshitter as Chapman then. In my opinion, uh, what I didn't like is that uh, uh, Aaron Boone got suspended more games than uh, any Houston Astro player did in a cheating scandal uh, for doing literally nothing. Sure, he got suspended, and you know I tweeted that the, the tweet took off a little bit for me on uh, when I tweeted it, and you know you got uh, Astro fans in, in your mentions. Oh, oh. Well, you know, he couldn't. Uh, Manfred couldn't suspend right. the Astros players. Well, that, not to beat this horse to death anymore, but that's the point: is that he granted them immunity. He let them cheat to a World Series and didn't do anything about it. I'm not saying take the title away, but there should have been player suspensions. Now, 
there's certain ways to make examples of 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 guys, and I understand why he suspended Boone. That he wants these managers to enforce a more strict policy of not throwing at guys right now, but you're making you're making an example in the wrong situation here. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I mean, not only did Aaron Boone handle it really well afterwards with a lot of respect for for everyone involved and for the game but i mean aaron boone had n- i'm sure he was just as shocked to see that pitch as anyone else watching you can't have that no you're absolutely right uh <clears throat> so i'll tell you what if anything boone should be suspended by the yankees over major league baseball for for if he was telling his players to hit someone in a 5-3 ball game in the ninth inning with two outs mm-hmm. Right? That just makes him a shit manager at that point. I think he was maybe... I don't think Aaron Boone ever... I can't... I, maybe the Tanaka one, if you want to say they hit Wendell on purpose, he may be told Tanaka send a message in the first inning. But I think at that point, I think Aaron Boone's smart enough to realize that they need to win that game. Absolutely. And that was the oldest Because uh, they put DJ in the spin cycle in the eighth inning, I think it was. They went up and in on him, and they knocked him down. So I think that was Chapman just saying, all right, you know, this we thought this shit was put to bed, and now you're going to start it up again, so here we mm-hmm. go. Yeah, who really got screwed over in that whole situation was Ben Heller the next day, who was pitching for a job on this team. Yeah. And he makes one mistake, gets ejected for it. Then his next outing, he, he doesn't perform well, and he's, he's not well, on the team anymore. We, I mean, I asked Chris. Chris actually has Ben Heller uh, – on speed dial. And I asked them to reach out to Ben. So I'll read you, uh, Ben's quote that he gave us an exclusive quote from Ben Heller to NYY sports talk, uh, after the ejection on, uh, it was Wednesday night, right? Yes. Yeah. Scroll down. And I, and I mean, when the Yankees don't win, it's really easy for me to get to previous tweets because there's no, there's no, uh, player of the game tweets. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, not much. This is what Ben Heller had to say in case anybody missed it. Uh, this was an exclusive quote Ben gave to us. Yeah, I mean, of course it was unintentional. I feel like there's plenty of reasons why it was obviously not on purpose, but mostly because we need innings from the bullpen. I feel terrible, though. I feel like I let the bullpen down. The umpire even told me he knew it was unintentional, but had no choice but to toss me. Okay, we have to break that last part down because that, for me was the biggest eye-opening thing uh, of the whole of the whole quote the umpire even told me he knew it was unintentional but had no choice but to toss me okay so what does that mean to you christian who were the umpires who were the umpires in contact with that make them feel they have no choice in that in that situation the commissioner uh, okay so now we have a commissioner who's saying regardless of context, intent, anything that you see as an umpire, because an umpire's job is, hold on, judgment. It is judgment, right? Everyone wants to fight for no robots and everything and whatever. It's judgment. The biggest part of their judgment is things like this with intent. And now it becomes... We have to have a quick meeting just to say, hey, guys, we know it wasn't intentional, but sorry, we got uh, we we got word from the higher ups that no matter what, we have to toss you. That's not baseball. Well, think about how that game could have cost the Yan- Yankees maybe a win or so here 
uh, because he had to use Green and I think another one of his top guys. Yeah, it's a domino really, effect. Which, which then you know yeah. Boone doesn't like to use guys three days in a row, but to lock down the game one uh, win in Baltimore, he used Green three days in a row mm-hmm. because he had no choice. He knew he needed to get that win. But you know, uh, I think that I think Adovino was the other guy to pitch in that game. Yeah, that took Adovino out of the mix uh, for a potential uh, appearance because it would have put him at three days. So you know, that's why I, you gotta you gotta look at. It. Certain things. I know the umpires in Major League Baseball, you know, the commissioner's office doesn't give a shit about Aaron Boone's three days in a row rule. But I mean, come on now. Yeah, it, it's just not right. And, and obviously, the umpires don't know these things, and it didn't matter who the pitcher was. But we can tell you pretty matter of factly that Ben Heller's not the guy who's coming in to hit someone. I mean, we're talking about a guy who spends his free time in third world countries. Uh, Helping, helping children and, and whatever have, be, have better child. lives. This guy's not even going to fucking kill a mosquito that's biting on his neck, let alone throw a 98-mile-per-hour fastball at someone. And he's coming back from yeah, a major he injury. Did, he's got, he, he, he yeah. wants to prove himself. And he got, now he's back at the alternate site. Yeah, so. yeah, and we're, yeah, exactly. We're talking about a guy who's been fighting for a spot in this team for three years now and has battled some injuries and, and come back, and, he, and he's actually been looking pretty good this year. And now this just kind of fucking really puts a kink in 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 you know his whole career moving forward. Where are you guys right now? They just took Montgomery out. Yeah, so Montgomery doesn't even get through four innings in this game, which is yeah. I mean, this is the playoffs is, right now, right? I mean, it is what it. Yeah, but he's going to Jonathan Holden. No, no, no. I know that. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Do you see this as games you need to treat as if they're the playoffs? At they this can't point. afford to lose anymore. All their cushion is gone. The, yeah. the fact to say, "Oh, just get in." They're two games up from. They're two games away from being out of the playoffs right now. But the problem is, the, like you were just saying, we're so depleted in the bullpen that our best, that our second best option now, other than Montgomery, a tiring Montgomery, is Jonathan Holder. Uh, how are you well, going to win ball games like that? Well, before Montgomery taken out of the game here, I was, this is a perfect way to segue into it, that uh, Heller was sent down for Clark Schmidt, the golden goose of the Yankees uh, minor league system, according to Yankees Twitter, the guy that everybody had to see. Uh, and then they fell in love with Davey Garcia, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, but, excuse me, um, Schmidt came up uh, in game two. And it didn't exactly go well for him. I think he allowed three straight run scoring hits. And then you would have thought that you had 150 people tweeting that. uh, And they were all burner accounts for uh, Clark Schmidt's mom. Because Yankee (laughs) Twitter uh, tweeted. They treated Clark Schmidt as if that was their son. And they were offended by what Aaron Boone and the Yankees did to him. Now, in a perfect world, yes, you want Clark Schmidt. To make his major league debut, clean inning. He's not used to being a reliever. Get it. Wrote it down. Understand. Not arguing that point. But given the state of the Yankees at that time, and the and the fact that Schmidt was told, "Hey, man, you're up here to be a reliever. This is your role. We might have to go to you in the middle of an inning." I, I can't. I can't get too worked up over it. The execution didn't work because Schmidt didn't get the outs. If and you're I'm not saying that. 
that now he's going to be a buster. He's not going to be a, a big pitcher for them. It's just that game didn't work out well for him. It didn't work out well for the Yankees. And it came down to, again, that Davey Garcia regressed from his first start, which you kind of expected it to happen. You know, it's just a natural progression for a young pitcher like that. If your argument to me is on a play, is on a managerial level in a sense of this team needs to win ball games and to bring a guy in to make his debut in that situation, you know you're not going to have there's a good chance you don't have the best outcome. Fine. I could agree with you. I would say that you make a good good case. But if your argument becomes Boone treated him unfairly and it was mean for him to bring in a kid making his debut in a tough spot in a big game, tough situation, and that was unfair. Please deactivate your fucking Twitter account and stop watching baseball then. Because not only is that you in turn of you being offended, that should offend Clark Schmidt. That you think he needs to fucking be protected and not come into touch. You fucking think Clark Schmidt didn't want the ball right there? You think baseball players don't want the fucking ball? Doesn't matter if it's their fucking debut. He lives for that. He's worked his ass off for that. He wants that ball. He didn't execute. Don't feel bad for Clark Schmidt. He doesn't need you to feel bad for him. So give me a break with this bullshit. It was mean. Fuck you. Fuck you. The guy made his major league fucking debut. And if you think his confidence is shattered to the point where he's not going to become anything in Major League Baseball now because of what happened uh, Friday night, then he was never the pitcher you thought exactly. he was. Exactly. Come and on. Not a, there, and David Cohn, I didn't, I didn't hear everything he had to say. It was I was down the shore Saturday. I was walking to the car uh, when the game came on, so I had it on my phone. I didn't really catch what he said, but pretty much – I think it was to the effect that he said that you, sh- no, Clark Schmidt doesn't feel sorry for himself. Right, the guy made his major league debut, and that, and to a man, he said anybody would want the ball in that situation. He did say that. He's like, so that's not the first time Coney's, uh, Coney's said what I've said, or vice you know, and versa. David Cohn, and that's why. I like David Cohn because he's in tune with social media. He has a he has a presence on yeah. Yankee Twitter, and he understands a lot better than maybe Kay and Paul O'Neill do of what the fans are complaining about. So you'll hear a lot of what is going on on Yankee Twitter coming out of David Cohn's mouth. He'll make and because he's gonna he'll try to bring light to it. And it, it was basically like, listen, he's like, would you? Ra- I mean, you think? And I said this too. I was like, would you think that? Clark Schmidt would rather get battered by the Orioles or sit some more at the fucking alternate site. Right. I, I mean, and then and then as a manager, right? And I'm sure Aaron Boone did this. As a manager, you bring in you bring Clark Schmidt in after the game and you say, Look, I know you I know the the outcome wasn't what we had hoped and you know what your what you hoped your debut would be, but you know what? We have so much faith in you that you are our go to guy there. And we still have that faith in you. And and if anything, you walk away from that with more confidence in, in thinking, I was the guy they went to with two runners on in a game that they needed to win. You just need to be better. And and over time, he will be. I, I still have a lot of faith in Clark Schmidt. But here is the other part of the argument. There was better options. Okay, tell me who they were. 
because Aaron Boone said that, uh, I, I, here's what I heard. You got to pitch Chad Green again. Okay, dumbass person that said that. Uh, Chad Green pitched three days in a row, so Boone already broke rule number one. And he pitched in game one of the doubleheader. So now you want Chad Green to pitch in game two of the doubleheader. Tell me who. Tell me what manager does that. And then they said, oh, Mariano Rivera has done it before. Okay, fine. Mariano Rivera doesn't – He's Mariano Rivera, okay? You want to say Mariano Rivera did it? He pitched in two ends of the doubleheader. I guarantee you Joe Girardi never did it after he threw 40 pitches yeah. in the first outing. And then these are the same fans who come October. And then Chad Green would have gotten hurt for pitching twice yeah, in one day. That or or come October, Chad Green comes into a big spot and, and looks flat because his arm's fucking half dead. And these are the same fans saying he sucks because... You know, he doesn't have good stuff in a big spot. Well, you're also the fans who wanted him to pitch 400 games in a row because you didn't like the option that was available. So he had Adovino available, but you're going to save Adovino to save the game. I understand. And then your your point is going to be, well, that's where the game was lost right there. Okay, I agree. The Yankees lost the game, and I think that was the fifth inning. Uh, they lost the game right there. So then your point then is to use Adovino there, right? So then you're left with Miguel Yajure mm-hmm. and Luis Sessa, which were literally, I think, the only two pitchers the Yankees had available to them. And Boone said that uh, Sessa was only available in an emergency situation. And then the other part of the argument was, well, that wasn't an emergency? No. An emergency situation is the Yankees are in extra innings and they literally have nobody else to pitch. That's an emergency situation. Right. Right. And it's Luis Sessa. So. Yeah. All right, listen. I agree 100%. Um, I think that... I think if you want to critique Boone when it comes to Chad Green, I think as an organization, they need to figure out a better role for Chad Green. For In my opinion, do you know how the Indians used Andrew Miller a couple of years ago as the as the extinguisher, they called him? Well, that, yeah. That's where I'm using Chad Green from here on out. And I understand he that would have been the spot to do, but he wasn't available. But for me, I don't care if it's the second inning, the fifth inning, the, as long as it's before the seventh. No, because Girardi used him in the wild card. Yeah, yes. That's what I was thinking. So, he went to him in the first yes. inning. Yeah, so got out of that face is loaded. Seventh, down. eighth, and ninth, you have locked up. And if you want to mess around with that a little, you can. Out of Vino, Britain, Chad. Right. But before those innings, Chad Green should be used as an extinguisher. I agree. I don't care if it's a third inning. Bases loaded and you're up 2 nothing, and, you're, and your offense is, has just been anemic like they have been. You go to Chad Green, fuck it. If you have a guy like, you know, like Tigers Hap on the mound. What'd you say? And it's sad that we Tigers lost today. And it's yeah, sad we that we have to scoreboard watch the fucking Detroit Tigers. <laughs> It's it's crazy though the like the chain reaction effect of having to use certain guys on one sure. day and how it affects the next game and you sure. just look at not having Tommy Canely, not having Domingo Herman for a completely different reason. Absolutely. But not having those guys when you need someone to get an out with runners on second and third there and and you don't want to go to Clark Schmidt or a Luis Sessa, instead you'd prefer a Tommy Canely. Yeah. That that goes a long, long way. Yeah, Maybe you know, even more so than not having Judge. You know, I yeah, now. I forget about Tommy Canley. Yeah, man. Tommy Canley's really a he guy. He was so big for this team last year when he came back and and started it, being I, Tommy Canley again. You don't again. want to downplay losing Judge, losing Stan, Glaver, DJ, all these guys, but you can make an argument the biggest injury the Yankees have faced this year is losing Tommy Canley. Ryan just said that. Yeah, I, I mean, you really can, you really can, because uh, he was a huge piece to this dominance. 
Uh, and I think here now you were just saying we were talking about who's available, who's not available. And I think we have to talk about this because uh, the last two days, not Monday, Monday, the Yankees put out what I would consider is probably their best lineup available to them. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday, you can't say that they did. And at this point in the season, uh, and I said this to Ryan and I tweeted the same exact thing earlier today, rest is for winners. If you have a five-game lead with three weeks to go and you want to rest your guys, go for it. If this is game 40 of 162 games and you want to sit somebody because they need a day, go for it. But when it's game 40 of 60 and this team is now holding on to the eighth spot of the playoffs. Which they should never be doing at this point, but they are. By the skin of their teeth, by the hair on their balls, which you can – you can uh, that you can uh, we can, can take care of that for you. We can take care of that with Manscape. Use code NYYST. NYYST uh, twenty now. By the way, it did update, and we're gonna we should have our care package from Manscape by by tomorrow or Wednesday. Um, so they'll be fully on board by next episode. NYYST twenty. If you go to manscaped.com, use it. Saves you twenty percent. Free shipping, and your balls will thank you. So that's where the Yankees are right now. And DJ LeMay is not in the lineup on Saturday. And Ryan and I are texting back and forth. And I'm saying to myself, something's got to be wrong with him. Because yeah. he didn't play in game two of the doubleheader, which is fine on its own right. You, you can't knock the manager for sitting a guy in one end of the doubleheader. I can't knock Boone fully for that, even though you want, at this point, you want your top guys out there every possible game. Sitting a guy in one end of a doubleheader, I can't Always justifiable. But then he doesn't play on Saturday night? Yeah. Now I'm saying to myself, he's got to be hurt. The thumb's got to be acting up because he hasn't really looked the same since coming back. And he kind of came back a little bit earlier uh, then you probably had uh, envisioned for him early, you know, when he got hurt. So you're thinking that maybe uh, something is bothering him. And he, he just, he, maybe Boone said he needs a day to just like let it clear out. And then, you know, after the game, or it was before the game, I don't remember. They said, DJ, do you need a day? And he was like, uh, no. No, I'm good. And he was out which, there the next day. Which uh, he kind of threw his manager under the bus there. Actually, uh, didn't he pinch hit that game? Yeah. He might have. Yeah, he, he even pinch hit late in the game. Way, yeah, I mean, too out. too little too late at that point. Because once the game was 6 nothing or 5 nothing or whatever it was, and it was like almost midnight, and I was driving pitch black back two and a half hours and on the parkway, I was just like not even paying attention. And I think he might have come up. So, uh, so he kind of – Boone kind of got thrown on the bus a little bit there. But again, that's the that's the Yankees' philosophy. We're going to arrest guys, and he said, "Oh, we're just trying to take care of his legs." Aaron, I fucking love you, bro. I really do. Absolutely. You know, maybe my Booner for Boone is down to half a chub now, but I I I, I still I think you're a guy you still. For I, I I still, still think get you're it up. Yeah, Chubb's still, still good. Guy. But come on, bro. Your team is fucking scuffling. This guy's. He might have him and Luke Voigt are your two best players this year. He can't be on the bench if he's good to go. He can't be. Here's what here's what bothers me. I'm totally fine with resting players because you look at what baseball is now. It's a statistic driven, probability driven, and the the odds are that the Yankees are going to finish 500 
or better this year. And at that number, you're making the playoffs, right? So it, it it's justifiable. But here's what isn't justifiable uh, justifiable to me. When you're struggling to to rattle off wins, you need to put out your best lineup when your best pitcher is on the mound. I'm totally We're fine with We're on the same giving, page right now because I was waiting to make this point. Give give guys rest when Jay Happ's pitching. Give guys rest when when Davey's pitching. But when you have Garrett Cole, the guy you just spent 30-plus mil on. Who hasn't really proven himself as a Yankee just yet. And you're on a team oh, that is. Are we going to go down that road with you now? Because that was that's how that starts. You need to put out your best optimal lineup when you are dealing with the amount of injuries that this team is dealing with. And DJ LeMayhew is imperative to being able to say that. Yeah. And to not have him pitch uh, play in a game when you had Garrett Cole on the mound. Those are the games right now that, look, I get it. It's glorified spring training. They'll still make the playoffs, I think. And you hope now. Yeah, it's 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 getting more, more and more questionable. But And I'm totally fine with giving these guys days off, especially when they're coming back from injury. But when they're pinch hitting in the ninth inning, which Glaber Torres did the the following night on his day off, he came in well, he came in well, off let's the get bench. To that then, right, hold on, I just want to make one point though. Okay. To to right. Ryan's point, I'm gonna make your point. Right. Given okay. given where they're at now, the position they've put themselves in. Not only should you just have your best lineup out there for your best pitcher and always give him the best chance to win, when Garrett Cole's on the mound now. Those are must-win games. When you're not winning a lot of games, when you're winning, when you're losing 13 out of 18 games, you better start winning every single time Garrett Cole is on the mound, especially against the Orioles. You have to win those ball games. They are must-wins. That's the only way you're going to put together a formula where you make the playoffs at this point. If you can't win with, with Garrett Cole on the mound, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. With, at the rate they're going. No, Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole, and I'll even take it a step further. When Garrett Cole and Masahiro Tanaka are on the mound these last three weeks, you have to put those games in the bank. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw in Tanaka in that argument as well. And I think Tanaka's been really good. Yeah, And I even though he like gave watching. up the first inning home run on uh, Sunday, I thought he pitched pretty well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The rest, the rest of the way through, but you know, at two nothing, the game is over. That's what the, that's that's what is so disheartening. Yeah, uh, about this run the Yankees are on. You know, before Judge, when they were six, I think they were sixteen and six. That was their high water mark. Ten yes. over. Yes. Two nothing. Fuck, fuck is two runs. Aaron Judge is going to come and fucking drop his dick on home plate. Bro, what, we'll, what was five we'll runs? What was five runs at that point oh, in the yeah. ninth inning? You still thought the Yankees had a good chance to and, come back. And, and 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 we'll score four runs. That'll be the end of it, right? But now two runs. I said it when Cole gave up the home run to Stewart. I said the game's over. One nothing. The game is over. Yeah, and we're not talking about comparing two different seasons. We're talking about the Yankees from from a month ago. Yeah, this team is, a, we, is completely different. Okay, so they lose. The team that you beat 19 straight times, whatever it was, 18, 19 straight times, whatever it was, they beat you two in a row. You can't go leave Baltimore losing three or four. And what does Boone turn around and do? He sits Glaber Torres and Aaron Hicks. You know I'm not a you know I'm no big fan of, of Aaron Hicks, but he's yeah. right now, he needs to be in a lineup every day. Yeah. If he's healthy, he needs to be in a lineup every day. And Glaber Torres just came off the injured list. Now, the, my immediate reaction when I saw the lineup yesterday is he's hurt again. 
There's no reason why he should be on the bench at just coming off the injured list. And I didn't see any quotes about why he wasn't in the lineup. Uh, maybe it had to do with a late game, early turnaround. They were giving not him a still not an excuse. No, it's not. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but I thought maybe that played into Boone's decision making. But the guy just came off the IL. He's st- yeah, he's still scuffling a little bit, but he's got to be in the lineup right now. Tell me if you agree I'm, with I'm me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ryan. I don't mean to offend you. Tyler Wade fucking nah. sucks. Sucks. Nah, I'm Tyro okay. Estrada sucks. Tyro Estrada sucks. Listen, can you tell me if you agree with this? The reason why I limit my critique on Boone to what he's getting out of his players right now is because I truly believe now from everything we've learned over about the Yankees in the last couple of years that these decisions to rest guys do not come from Aaron Boone. I'm not saying he doesn't agree with them and that he doesn't contribute to them. But I think this is an upper managerial. No, this is past. This is a hundred percent passed down from Brian Cash. Right. So, so I can't. I can't knock Aaron Boone for these things. Again, does he contribute to them? Does he believe in this philosophy? Yeah, I'm sure he does. But they, we've learned the Yankees have a blueprint. Every single day is mapped out. And you can give me all the analytics in the world of why this is helpful and whatever, but you got to throw that shit out in a 60-game season where your team is, like you said, holding on to that final playoff spot by the skin of their teeth, and it's not looking good. Things aren't looking up. There's no end in sight to this losing right now. you got to throw that shit out, and it's not an excuse. No, and that's why I didn't want, when I tweeted about it, I didn't want to put it fully on Boone's shoulders. I said it's a Yankees team philosophy. But as the manager, Boone's got to, maybe it was left up to him. If it's left up to him, he's got to step up. But if it wasn't, he's got to say something. Like, Brian, you don't see how terrible my team is playing right now? You don't see what they say about me on Twitter? I got to have my best nine out there. Yeah. And, and honestly, he's like, I got to limit the amount of times that I got Tyler Wade and Tyler Estrada taking the field for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or it was before we started recording, but seven to nine in this lineup tonight, they're automatic outs. Yeah. Automatic. And yeah, you want to say that Hicks is, oh, Hicks hit a home run today, but he's hitting 206 and Gardner looks like he should probably retire. And, you know, Frazier's been in a slump now after he came out scorching hot. So there might be even more guys that are dependable, but I feel like I have a shot with those guys up there. Higashioka, Estrada, and I don't even know who else. Uh, I can't even think of who, who who's uh, batting now. Uh, uh, also, right now, Talkman. Uh, I just don't feel like I have a fucking shot with any of them. I don't. No, and they're all pressing too. Every single one of them, including DJ Lemayo, you can see it because when this team was hot, when they were sixteen and six. They it's like they're swinging a beach ball. They were they were so friggin' controlled that they were in control of every at bat. They were disciplined. They weren't swinging at balls five inches off the plate. Yeah. Now every single guy who steps up to the plate, whether it's a guy you can rely on or not, is pressing so bad that they're swinging at everything. And it's just they're behind in so many counts. Are you guys caught up yet? I I'm still at Frazier right two, two, now. Two two count on Frazier. 
Let me know. Oh, that boy. Down the left field line. Should score two. No, he's going to get thrown out at the plate. Nah, yeah, he's good. Christian looked frustrated. One run. Oh, oh he, oh, oh. he would have. <laughs> uh, I'm frustrated. Oh, boy. Uh, now he's hurt. There we go. Good job. Uh, uh, he's really hurt. And he's been dealing with Good the cold job. foot stuff. And uh, Was it that foot? I, and I guess he, and he's been DH in the past few days, and I guess he felt good enough to go to first base today, and that just didn't look Christian, good Christian, I'm sorry. You got to – I know – I know you're a rational person, but you have to be to a point where we have to say – we have to ask, what is going on? I don't know what what's going is going on, on dude. It's got to be organizational. That, that, it has to be. Fucking smart ass comment to me the other day that I'd be okay with them going on one sixty two. No, I'm not okay with that. But you have to hit a breaking well point. Me. You have to be hitting a breaking point. How is this okay? Did I say it was okay? No, though? but then you got to then you have to show me some crazy emotion as to figuring out this problem that they need to do it. But what are you? But here's I'm no other team like, is getting hurt like this with key guys. But they they fired the whole training staff. They fired the whole training staff. Then maybe it's not the gonna, training do staff. Do we have to do a training? Do we have to do it again this year? Then maybe it's not the training staff. What is Boyd's foot stuff? I don't know. And and is there any team that gets as much rest as the Yankees? Maybe that's the fucking problem. Well, maybe Boyd's rest. Maybe can't say that. maybe the rest is is. What doesn't allow their bodies to fucking be durable when they're playing? Well, we said it with Boone. Uh, Boone with uh, what's this fucking asshole's name? John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge. I, maybe they're working out too much. Maybe. maybe they need to. Maybe once the season ends, they need to just sit the fuck on the couch and eat Doritos and get in shape in February. Maybe that's Seriously. what they need to do. Uh, it's crazy now, and, and and you just said Voits, you're. To one of two of your big hitters right now, and now he's going to be gone. I, I, it's crazy, and 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 fans expect this team to win. They're not going to win. Not going to win with these fucking lineups they're putting out there. Chris, I'm extremely frustrated. I, I don't feel good about. But you got to be angry at the Yankees right now. But what do you want me to? What am I specifically being angry about? You have to be hurt? at a. Are you at a breaking point? That they're hurt. Did you, did, yes. Are you well, boiling I mean, over now? Are you fucking done with this? Or, Are you done with this bullshit? Am I see when you say you're done? You're I'm not done. done watching. I'm not done supporting them. But I'm yes, I'm done with them being hurt, bro. I was done with them being hurt when Aaron Judge went on the IL for a second time. I was done with it. But you gotta get. You gotta say at this point that they'll never win a championship like this. Something needs to change. No, Chris. When they're fucking trying out Tyro Estrada and Tyler Wade, they're not gonna win a fucking World Series. Like, dude. We're, <laughs> In 2016, we fucking start to rebuild to be fresh and young and whatever, and it was great, right? Ever okay, since so then, they're, so, they're hurt okay, so every what, second. All right, this is this. I'm I, I I said this on social media the other day. I don't want to have arguments. I want to have debates now. If you want to differ with me on something, come to me. Let's have a debate about it and see both sides of the story. But I'm not you know, here to not debate just, you. But, but let's not have an argument about something and where your side is only right and my side is only no, right. No, that's the wrong it. way to but, do it. And, but here's what I'm saying. Okay, I agree. I agree 100%. The injuries have to stop. we got to find a solution to the injuries. Solution number one, fire the entire training staff. 
we did that in the offseason, okay? Fire the entire training staff. The injuries still happen. So it's solution number two to fire this training staff. But that's such a surface-level solution to me. No, just answer the question yes or no. Do we fire the training staff No, again? clearly, we, because clearly now we can eliminate the training staff as being the, the culprit. Can we not? Well, I think so. I think that you can't fault two training staffs unless Brian Cashman is that stupid where he hired a training staff that was worse than the one that he had. Yeah, okay. It, so what is the solution then? Do you think about moving on from certain guys? Do you say, is that it? Okay, Aaron Judge gets hurt too much. Trade it. Boom. Let's, let's explore a trade in the offseason. Is that the answer? I'm not saying this to be an asshole. You no. want to have a rational conversation about how things will change. Aaron Judge is now an injury-prone player. You want to label him as that? I, I'm not going to do it, but I'm not also not going to fight anybody that wants to do it. Do you explore a trade for Aaron Judge in the offseason? I can't rely on the guy. He's got to go. Is that something that you want to do? You look at the last four years of this team dealing with... Why are you sitting back there and not answering uh, No, I was just letting Ryan get his point. <clears throat> the last four years, this team has tried to to figure out their, their health concerns. Chris, Chris, you made this point to me personally, and I, I'm glad I'm, I thought to bring it up. This team was so old from the 2010s till 2016. They were the oldest team on average in baseball. So what do they do? They go out and they get younger. They weren't getting that hurt with the older guys, but they're getting even more they're getting hurt lack of production maybe. with the young guys. So, so what did they do? They went and got younger. That was their adjustment. They tried it out. And then what happens? Uh, so then these guys get hurt. What do they do now? They fire their training staff. So it's, it's now, now Christian, that would be the next phase of, of this trial and error approach. It's okay. We're done with these guys then. And we're going to find guys that can stay on the field for more than a hundred games in a season. My argument though, isn't, are you there yet though? Are you ready? I, to I'm say not, I I'm not there yet. Just especially because the guys that are going down with these injuries are most of them are controlled guys. They're, they're either arbitration in their arbitration years or they're signed for 10 years. My thing though, is my, the me figuring out a solution isn't my job. And I can't do that because I'm not there. Right. What I want, is the organization to come out, Brian Cashman to come out. And I know he did this last year, but he put it, he put what he felt was the right things, you know, fired the trains, whatever. He needs to come out again right now and say, we just, we can't accept this anymore. We don't know what's going on, but we need to get to the bottom of it. And we cannot have players on this roster who are expected to take us to a championship constantly getting hurt and on top of that coming back and getting hurt again we cannot do this anymore we will not do this anymore well, I think they need to find that his, solution i think part but here but here's my 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 uh, statement to the fans when you say that let's have let's 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 have dialogue what's your answer though I know it's not your job, but if you want something to change, what's what's your answer? Let me hear it. Okay, I so I, so I proposed two already. And first one you you said, but it's the f only thing I've been thinking of over the last few weeks is is the workout regimen. But I think that goes back to the training staff. But maybe as a whole, they need to they need to move away from whatever it is that they're putting forth. They give these guys a lot of freedom when it comes to working out and doing different regimens and having personal trainers. And I get that that's okay. But at some point you need to sit down with your players and say, look, well, Boyd's still out there in case you guys didn't. Oh, that's good. Somewhere. But you have to say, look, 
we're not saying you can't have personal trainers or do your own type of thing, but we need to look at the science here and and figure out what workouts are correlating the most with these types of injuries and and what's making these players so fragile. Maybe it's certain proteins or certain you know uh, supplements these guys are taking that is making their joints or bones weaker during baseball, during things like sliding into home plate. That's the first thing. The second thing for me is start messing around with your current strategy. Clearly, resting guys is not doing you good. Ever since this whole we're going to rest guys every other day thing, the Yankees have been more injured than ever before. It would definitely seem that way. I'm not going to disagree with that at so, all. And I'm not saying that, that that is the solution. All I'm saying is let's give it a fucking shot. And I don't know if it was Susan or Kay. I don't remember which one I heard say it, but it said ever since they have the, they have the analytics to back up that rest keeps players healthy, but there's more injuries. See, to me, they need to be so, more transparent with that with that research because to me, the only thing that I can make sense of more rest would not be to, that it uh, lowers injury other than the fact that they're not on the field as much. So there's not as much of a chance of them being injured. If anything, if you wanted to fight for uh, just complete overall energy and, and, and being able to perform at your highest level after getting rest, that's a different story. But that's like me saying, you know, I don't, you know, I sell, right? I'm a, I'm a salesman. I don't sell as much when I stay home from work. Yes, because I'm not there to do it. Players don't get injured as much when they get more rest. Yeah, because they're resting. They're not playing more games, right? Maybe if they played more games, you would eliminate some of these stupid ass injuries that they're getting. Maybe it would, it would make their bodies more durable to playing three, four, five days in a row. Instead of, instead of their body getting conditioned to get that break. And then all of a sudden they come back like, like he was a DH for the last few days, right? Cause he was feeling pain. That's understandable. But you, now you have to expect when you throw him out there and he's, you know, running to home and, and sliding like that, that he's going to aggravate it. They, uh, honestly, keep these guys out there more. Pitchers bullpen guys are different. That's a healing thing from from what happens to your arm every single time you pitch. I think you have a very excellent. I think you honestly I think you have a really good point about that because it goes back to um, how pitchers are treated nowadays. And you hear, you know, you know, R.I.P. Tom Seaver, the greatest man of all time, passed away during the week. And this, I mean, you can look at his numbers, and this guy pitched, you know, probably more complete games in a year than. Everybody in Major League Baseball combined today has in their careers because that's but these are the way these guys are conditioned now. You know, you get scared when a guy approaches 100 pitches because he's not conditioned to go more than 100 pitches. So, you know, if you don't condition a guy to play four or five days in a row, he's not going to be able to. Sure. And then you want to break it down. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but you want to break it down a little a little further and get a little more specific. Then you look at guys like Judge and Urshela right now, right? Judge, who says he's fine, he comes back, he plays four innings, and clearly he's not. And then you look at Urshela, who, don't you remember two, three weeks ago or two weeks ago had the bone spur thing and it was, a, and it was an issue, but he was fine and he ended up playing anyway? That's where I can now go back to the training staff a little bit or whoever's in charge of evaluating these guys' injuries. I know the training staff is there to rehab guys and to kind of 
work through injuries, but there's got to be in other doctors they use to clear guys, right? That that I wouldn't consider a training staff. These guys are getting second opinions on, from certain things. So there's other doctors out there that are involved here and they're clearing guys when maybe they shouldn't be. And part of that is the training staff. But guess what? The training staff relies a lot on the player. And the, well, think, and the players are to, feeling good. They're going out there, but they're not, they shouldn't be cleared. To take each player uh, in the players of the, the players individually here, I think Urshela, and we heard, and I think uh, it came out that, you know, he's getting to 10 days to get the cortisone shot and see so get some inflammation out of there. It's going to be pain management for him the rest of the year because bone spurs, you got to go in there and clean them up. Right. What you right? can do in the offseason, it's quick and clean. Aaron Judge. Uh, yeah, we, I kind of ripped them, you know, not a good look. You tell the team that you can't, you don't need to go on the DL. You play four innings, you're back on the DL. But is that a case of, Hey, you know what? Maybe if we had minor league rehab games, this is not something that pops up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, I think as much as we can look at it as a, on the broad, as a broad spectrum of things and just, make the statement easily that it, these injuries need to stop. You still also need to take the time to look individually. There's been times where you never really saw the player get hurt and all of a sudden they're on the IL and you could say, you know what, maybe it's because uh, they think they're going to make the playoffs anyway. Maybe it's because this guy makes a lot of money mm-hmm. and they want to protect him. But there's been more cases than not, at least this season, where every guy who's getting hurt, you see the pain on their face. Mm-hmm. You see that they are not able to perform out there. And usually it's a few innings or games before they are finally put on the IL too. Well, that's another Aaron Boone said the I saw a statement like Voight right now. He, right. Every game oh, I'm sure I'm sure then, it's the fifth inning. Voight's back out there. I guarantee you by the eighth or by the seventh, he's out of the game. Right? But I saw a quote from Aaron Boone the other day that they're hopeful that Judge will be, you know, taking swings in the next couple of weeks. I tweet I retweeted it. Weeks left in the season. Well, whatever he said. Oh, we're hopeful he'll be back by October or for the start of the playoffs if they make it or whatever. So I retweeted it jokingly, but kind of serious. Oh, shit. That means he might miss opening day of 2021. Because that's if they're not 100%, if they don't say, no, Judge will be back. He's he's ready to go. He'll be back by here, here, and here, and then announce the day they're coming back. Whenever it's just they're hopeful, forget it. You're fucking done. I think also Brian Cashman, as smart as he can be sometimes, and this is the last point we'll make on this because we're running about an hour and a half again, and there's a couple other things I want to get to. Uh, as smart as he can be with these trades sometimes, I think he's got to stop looking at guys that have injury histories. Like he got James Paxton knowing Paxton uh, has in, had an injury history and what's happened in his two years with the Yankees. He's been hurt. So he hasn't shied away from that. Yep. And and we he said it was on. worth the risk. It was worth the risk. Right. So you can't not, knock him there too much. But yeah, you're but right. Maybe now it's not because everybody else gets hurt. Maybe now you don't go after guys that you have can't. injury histories. And John Carl Stan, I know one of the years was he got hit in the face with a with a baseball, but he had a history of these type of injuries when he was in Miami. But you bought low off him off his best year when he played, I think, 159 games. So I don't blame him for that. But again, maybe now moving forward, you know, you get, you take a look at it and say, 
yeah, I can't, I can't mess with this guy. I got too many guys mm-hmm. on my team that are already hurt. I need to go after a guy that I know is going to give me a buck fifty every 100%. year. One hundred percent. All right. So I know on the on your bullet points here, you have uh, something uh, that says, "What does the future hold?" I know normally it's about the time of the show we do a weekly recap, and I think we kind of worked in a lot of the game talk into some of the bigger points so we don't have to do that this week plus the yankees won fucking what twice this week so who the hell gives a shit right no one wants to relive any of that games um uh you said what does the future hold so you brought that what what's your point on that my my point of what i really feel we need to do because normally we do a recap and then we do a look ahead no one really gives a shit what the schedule is at this point. We care about specific series and specific games, and and tonight being one of the more important series that they've played in the regular season in a really long time. Uh, what does the future hold in a sense of, is this team going to make the playoffs? And if they are, what needs to start happening? Uh, a little more specifically than, obviously, they have to start winning. But how are they going to do it at this point? How can you sit here and tell me that the Yankees are a better team than the Blue Jays and that they're going to beat them and win this series and win the however many games they'll have left? What, 10 total? Ted. I mean, how can they do it right now with the way they stand? What what needs to happen? Who needs to uh, step up? Who needs to step up in the lineup? I know he's on the bench right now, and I don't know when Boone is going to end his banishment. It's Gary Sanchez. I'm hearing that it's just this series. And then they'll, they'll Gary Sanchez is Gary Sanchez has got to get come close to being a decent major league hitter. He has to. Yeah. Aaron Hicks is another guy that needs to step up. I'm sorry. Yep. I know I kind of I kind kind of hard on Aaron Hicks. He's a guy that needs to step up right now. I can't get on Lemayu. I think he's still probably battling something right now, and he's been fantastic. You can't ever get on DJ. No, you can't. Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt has been scuffling coming into today, and he's already got two hits. Big big home run the first inning, and then he set up. I uh, he he's batting second, right? So yeah, he kind of he kind of kept the rally going there for Frazier's big two run double uh, with a single in that inning. So you can't get on Voight. So you, you give me Voight and DJ as my two constants. I need Hicks and Gary to step up. And Frazier's been scuffling. You know he had a big hit today. Those are my three guys right now that have not really been hitting the cover off the ball. If you get me Hicks, Gary, and Frazier to step up right now, and you, I even got to throw Glaber in there. Glaber's sure. got to step up, man. He's got to step up. Glaber for I sure. Need, those are my four guys. I'm going to take – if I got Hicks and DJ – I'm not Hicks. If I got Voight and DJ at the top of the lineup giving me representative at-bats every time out, I'm good. Out of the next four guys, Hicks – um. Glaber, uh, Gary, and who's the other guy I said? I forget already. Um, Frazier. Frazier. you got to give me three of those four guys that have got to get going. Agreed. Three of those four guys have to get going, and then this team will start scoring some runs. And then on the other side, I need – Rose Chapman's got to get his head out of his ass. He has to. Big time. what his fucking problem is. Big time. He had coronavirus. I don't know if coronavirus infects the brain too. He hasn't looked right. It's been, and that's, you know, that's because he got late start, inconsistent usage because the team was losing. But when he, he comes on the mound with a lead, the Yankees have to put that game in their pocket. Especially right now. Especially the way they're playing. When you get a lead, it's like you got to hold on to it. You have to be caught up right now, right? I'm at I the trivia question. Okay. 
fucking amazing. I got to, I, you know, we, we made fun of John Holder, fucking hell of an outing tonight. He stepped sure. up. Want to talk about guys stepping up Aaron when a team needs them to step up? John Holder. Underpants. We lost your audio for a second. What'd you say? We lost your audio. But yeah, uh, as far as Jonathan Holder's concerned, we rip on him all the time, you know, rightfully so. But Jonathan Holder has actually hasn't been terrible this year. Lived up to his name tonight, Holt. I mean, he's uh my back? Yeah, you're back. Yeah. All right. And you're back. But yeah, j- great job by Holder. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. You want to talk about you want to talk about guys stepping up. That's a situation where you're put into a tough spot. Your your uh your starter is struggles to give you uh he gives you 13 outs, and you come in there and you don't you allow one hit, no runs over an inning, two thirds to get it to the point where now you're in a sixth inning. Yeah. Boone can go to Green, Ottavino, Chapman, Britain, and bring the game home. Now, yeah. now at five to two in the sixth inning, when you, you have, have your to win four this game, big relievers lined up, you have to win this game, and if you don't, that's on nobody but the guys that don't perform. I don't want to see. Yeah, that. because now people will start coming out. Why did take Holder out? He yeah. was pitching great. No, that's not his fucking job. His job is to come in there and hold it down, which he did. Hold, he hold, did hold. it. He did that job. Yeah, I'll say, I'll say I won't I won't accredit any one player for who has to step up, but I'll say the bridge guy needs to step up, whoever that is, that Jonathan Holder tonight. That's a that's a huge yeah, a role huge that role. is such a question mark for this team right now that they don't have. But that, you know what? You're bridge. right, but that question mark hasn't been the reason they're losing. Well, like you said, that before, bridge isn't the reason. It's the guys it's who are supposed different. to hold it's it different down. every night, and that's kind of yes. the definition of a bad team when you're losing. Yeah, you kind of don't have. Yeah, yeah, we said it. They're not so, not yeah. clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, is, is one thing, but when you are clicking in a big way in certain spots and then not in others by and it that varies game to game. Right. That's when you know you just don't have a winning because culture not, around not, not you. Not right every now. loss is two to one, two to one, one nothing. Like they lost to the Mets seven to nine. They lost they lost six three, six one. It's it's sometimes the offense doesn't yes, show up. Sometimes right. it does, so, but then the bullpen can't hold it down. It's something different every night. But to, here's the thing as much as I agree with Christian as far as the lineup goes, I'm gonna take it a step further and kinda and kinda go against you here and say as important as that would be for me i need guys like talkman and gardner and fucking you know yeah man and those kind of guys to start stepping up because because we can't we can't change the fact that there's so many big key guys on the il so what can we what can we try and get some production from these guys that we were used to last year how important katie sharp had to stat that uh, Mike Talkman has zero home, uh, zero hits this year on fastballs in the zone. Which, yeah, it's crazy. As much as he's played this year, is almost impossible. It's to a, yeah, I agree. How important has the bottom of the lineup been for this team the last two years? Yeah, of course. Look at Gio last year, Andujar the year before that, and then you're not getting pr- any production out of Luke Void at the bottom out of a guy who's been a staple not this on year. this team for since 2009 and Gardner. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. Gardner, yeah, you know, Gardner. S- you know, someone tweeted the other day from Barstool, uh, Eric Cubs, he tweeted, uh, it would be nice to have Didi or CC back to have some leadership and hold guys accountable. And I retweeted it saying, it's tough to have leaders to hold other guys accountable when those guys can't be held accountable themselves because they're on the bench. Eric Cubs probably stole that tweet from somebody. He probably saw it somewhere else and then tweeted it. Maybe. For that. Maybe, but... 
and, and then people come at me. There's this fucking, uh, he listens to every episode. So he's listening right now and I won't say his name, but he's a fucking troll. Cause he comes at me and he just <laughs> says certain things and he doesn't, doesn't back anything up. He tells me I don't make sense. No, I do make sense. Your leaders right now are the guys who produce the most on the field, which are Aaron judge supposed to be Aaron judge guys like Garrett Cole. Giancarlo Stanton, the vets of this team. Then you have guys like Gardner and whatever. Guess what? Gardner's might as well be hurt because he doesn't produce on the field. And then your two other guys are injured. Who are they to hold anyone else accountable but themselves? And well, then, and then everybody he, was screaming about that the team needs to have a meeting. And I read earlier that the hit it was a hitters only meeting today. Or okay, well, some at some point that they had a hitters only meeting. Yeah, well, so, but but that's the thing, right? And Cohn said that, you know, they want Boone to hold a meeting. Cohn said that the best meetings and the most productive meetings when teams were scuffling were players-only meetings. Yeah. But that's the thing. Then people come out like, it's not their fault they're injured. I never said it was. All I'm saying is, is that if these guys weren't injured, you wouldn't be having this problem right now. They have to hold themselves accountable for their inability to stay healthy, whether they can control it or not. And when they and, and when you can't stay healthy and be on the field, you have no right to go and hold a meeting and say, you guys need to start stepping it up. Because guess what? The people listening aren't going to aren't going to respect it. It's just going to cause resentment in a clubhouse and say, well, why don't you fucking get healthy and start playing? You don't do it. Use your fucking brains for a second. Your leaders are not able to play right now. Who are they going to hold accountable but themselves? That's the problem. There's no other problem. The problem is that we're watching a triple-A team try and compete in a 60-game season. And it's not working. So to me, those other guys need to step up because clearly we can't stay healthy. And somebody tweeted like, oh, I never thought I'd be nervous about a Blue Jays series about the Yankees losing playoff positioning. I never thought I would be nervous about a Yankees series on game 41 of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, and it took, that's just where we are right yeah. now. And to one last point, and I'm, I promise you I'm not getting negative on Cole, nor will I ever... I know what you're going to say because I'm probably going to say the same thing, which is what I was waiting for you to finish. So I you, can say then, it, I like then you it. say it, and I'll tell you. If, it, if you had something in mind with Cole, I'll tell you if if that was what I was going to say. I'm not going to, I'm not turning on Garrett Cole. I'm far from it. The guy's still an ace in my mm-hmm. book. 100%. I'm not going to call Like so I saw somebody tweet in, earlier today that said that he was the new, Ken, he was the next Kenny Rogers, which is <laughs> fucking bullshit. Okay. Nine starts out of a 10 year contract. You're going to label him that. Right. But, and I said, Cole didn't hit his dominant run until start 12 next year, last year. And start 12 or 13 would be a postseason start for him this year, probably. I need it now. Yeah. I need it now. A true ace finds it. A true ace, and which he is. I'm not saying he's not. He, he needs to find it. He will find it. And he needs to be the ace of the staff now. And when just Cole takes the, I'm sorry, Ryan. That's all right. Just to add to your point, Christian, about how he was, he's, he finds his rhythm as, as he goes on. And that was last year's by his 12th start. This last start against Baltimore. Had a lot of strikeouts, but the main thing I noticed was his velocity was up the entire game. He didn't really dip under 97, 98 that whole game. So that's that's another thing that happens as the season goes on, right? These guys end up starting to throw a little bit harder. They get Their arms get a little bit looser. 
that could be, you know, the yeah. case for for what makes him uh, turn turn his game to a whole other level. And he, I understand the fans' frustration because today is September seventh, so we're looking at it on what the calendar is. But this is game forty-one of the season, mm-hmm. so these guys, a lot of these guys, their bodies are reacting as if this is game forty-one of the season and not game whatever on September. But 7th. you got to prorate their bodies too, right? Oh, right. their bodies have to in, have to prorate day. also. Yeah, that, times eight and a half. right. That's but that's <laughs> yeah, the reason every, why every off day is multiplied by. 4. That's the 4. reason why you can't prorate this season mid season. Yeah, because I don't care where what it would be. Yes, that means you need guys to step up. It doesn't mean that their bodies can react because you're prorating a season for statistics. Well, this is really isn't start ten for Garrett Cole. It's really start twenty five. Yeah. No, that's not and, how it works. And think of like veterans and even even younger guys that have have come up for a few years now. It's that routine of a long, long season. Everyone always says baseball's a marathon, not a sprint. Well, this season's a sprint, not a marathon. Yep. And that's that 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 complete overhaul in your routine that that changes you. Think about it. Anytime you you have a job or you you lose a job or anything, any anytime your schedule changes, it it. it Kind of, it could throw you off a little bit. A little. You, need you gotta to, adjust. You need to adjust, and it's, it's like, tough to adjust yeah. when you're getting injured, right? Yeah, As it's, a team, it's, I'm it's, saying it's it's a no. much different season. That look, we we might be a bit glass half full kind of guys. I think with the Yankees because we're we're just fans of the team, and we could maybe think we just we just think. Uh, you know, we're more rational. We, we want to root for them, so we're gonna be pos- more positive than not. But man, it's it's gotta be it's gotta be difficult. You're playing without fans. You're playing every single day. You're playing seven inning double headers. Every runner team on second is though. In the, yeah, no, you're and right. That's the problem. And every team is because you look at the Rays are dealing with more injuries than the Yankees, and they're they've only gotten better as the years gone on. So every team's dealing with every team's going to react differently to this season. But when you have when you have guys that maybe are more accustomed to that long you know that that marathon of a season it it takes a bit to adjust and yeah. and really get into the rhythm and that's been the case for the Yankees for for a lot of years now where they don't they the team that you see the first month or two of the season is not the team you see by the end so i guess it's, it's not the warm weather it's just the amount yeah. of games played and and getting their bodies ready for the long haul of the season <laughs> right so i know we're running really long yes. here but but who cares at this point? I just want I want to fit everything in. And I got a couple of comments from Twitter when I put out the announcement about the show. Um, we got to give a shout out here to Don Sicario. Don Sicario. Uh, you want, I said, if you got any comments, questions, concerns, just want to shout out, drop it below. We'll do three quick ones here. Uh, so we'll, we'll pick Don Sicario here. He says, can we talk about the new 2021 Yankee staff? <laughs> According to Twitter, we have to clean house and start rebuilding. How long until we get JT, Lindor, Trout, and Joe, Girardi and Showalter back in charge? Also, one last thing. Is it possible to take Yankee Twitter and clean house there instead? Yes, please. No, it's actually really simple, though. Uh, Brian Cashman, I heard he has this new strategy where he goes into his office and he shuts the lights off and he lights a few uh you know, lights a few um, candles, and he goes, and, um, and then he just snaps his finger, and and voila! I mean, we have Lindor, we have JT Real Muto, we can, we have all the money in the world to sign all these guys, and cool. everything's perfect. And then, um, and then when those guys don't perform or those guys get hurt, then he he'll find a new magical strategy to make something happen. 
Instead, instead of just holding the players accountable at this point, we need to start seeing how we can get every good player in the world. Please. All right. Our boy Ryan here. Let's give his at here so you can follow him. Uh, at stadium status, it's spelled uh, at stadium like you'd spell stadium, but S-T-A-T-U-Z. So follow our boy Ryan. Let's also give Don Sicario's uh uh, it's at Don Sicario, D O N S I C K A R I O one. So you gotta roll the R. You gotta roll the R. Sicario. So so follow him. Uh, but Ryan here, he says this stretch had me furious at first, but now they are just disappointing. I feel like this team has no identity. I'm just sad. By the way, Gloria has been supportive through all of this. <laughs> so props to her. See. Light at the end of every tunnel. But you know what? He's right. And here's where the fans here's where the fans lose with me. The statement that they don't have an identity is 100% true and 100% the reason that they're so frustrating to watch lose. Because as fans, as frustrating as it may be to lose, you never feel deflated with the New York Yankees. But when the team on top of that just doesn't have an identity, it becomes like you can't find that light at the end of the tunnel and you never will and it just becomes completely deflating but where the fans lose me is when they just say they just leave it at that and they don't state the reason why this team doesn't have an identity Mm. the reason is because your identity is on the injured list it changes every day your identity yes and, and that's why you don't have that the difference from this year to last year is that last year, those pieces that you use to, to fit and, and complete the puzzle, they gave the team a new identity, which doesn't, that's an anomaly. That does not happen. And we said it, how many people have said that a million times? Well, now you're seeing it play out in real life. That does not happen. And now it's right, not, fine. and it's frustrating. Okay, final one here at Frankie's Too Loud. So throw him a follow as well. He wants. He says, "Can you tell everybody to shut the f up for me?" So, Chris, do you want to handle that one? Shut the fuck up. Just call it for what it is. Stop trying to put blame on players on the field right now. Because yes, they are to blame. Boone is to blame for certain things. But at the end of the day, I'm a big believer in finding the big picture. And the root cause of it all, and I will go back to it again and again, it's the guys who are unreliable and unable to be on the field right now. Whether it's their fault, their choice, or not, we all know they don't want to be injured. It does not mean it's not their fault that this team is playing the way it is. So yes, can Gary Sanchez be better? Yes, he needs to be. Can Tyler Wade please get a fucking base hit and... And can Tyra Estrada not bases better? Dude. Can, can Tyra Estrada not have a two out error or however many outs there were, and then and then the inning explode? Yes, but at the end of the day, the number one people held accountable are the people who cannot stay healthy and be on the field. End of story. Right, because Tyra Estrada shouldn't really be playing right now. Tyler Wade shouldn't be playing. Brett Gardner, even. I mean, yeah, list goes on and on. Well, just to wrap up his point here, he says, uh, we don't need a rebuild and your panic is embarrassing. It is. I mean, it is. What you need to do is like what we said and took a whole segment on is figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. Because you're built. This team is built. You just can't keep them healthy to to perform. 
you don't sign Garrett Cole and then rebuild. Right, right. Come on. All right. So uh, just to wrap up the show here, uh, I do want to say this, and I know it's getting really long, so I'm going to give you the uh, Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, Saturday night, the Yankees tweeted out a nice little uh, photo of Aaron Boone yes. and maybe a couple of other players wearing uh, ribbons in support of childhood cancer. And I said to myself, there's no way the fans are going to be miserable, prick, scumbag, huh. asshole, pieces of shit, uh, and and say anything other than in support of uh, childhood cancer here. But you know what? You, you guys, you proved me wrong. And please win. That was the that was the minor one. That was the one I was just like, okay, fine, please win. But really not the time or place. And then it got progressively worse to where it was like ripping Boone, you're a moron. How could you sit? You are the, the cancer. Uh, yeah, and then I was that just one. Getting, getting, and then that was the one that where I was just like, I'm done. I'm taking a break from social media today, and I didn't go back on Twitter until uh, this morning. Where on a post where the Yankees are uh, in support of childhood cancer, somebody actually had the fucking balls to tweet that Aaron Boone is a cancer. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely Disgusted. sorry. I'm absolutely sorry to say that I'm absolutely embarrassed that i have an association with this person and i'm using this term loosely person you loosely i have an association with this person based on the baseball team that i root for because it was absolutely reprehensible and the worst worst part of social media where there's absolutely no consequences for any actions that people have uh for the actions that people take on social media you should be fucked embarrassed that you would actually tweet something like that on a post about childhood cancer to call Aaron Boone a cancer and don't think that I'm you're getting off easy for those assholes that were tweeting a ripping Boone that's not the time and place for it right it's not you want the Yankees lose five to one or whatever the score was that night and you want to rip Boone for being an asshole for sitting Glaber Torres that's the time and place for it. When a team puts out a tweet about childhood cancer, the only reply should be in su- that you're also in support of childhood cancer or what a nice thing the team is doing. Anything that had pertains to anything on the baseball field is not the time and place. Nope. And I've been fed up with with Twitter and social media for a while now. And after I saw that, I was just I was done. And I I'm not for a- I'm not for social media doing anything to stop it. What I'm for is the uh, the community of people who are against it to stand up to it. And I think a lot of Yankee fans did call out people who were doing that shit and, and weren't standing for it. And that's where as a society, we need to, we need to always make sure we do that shit because that was disgusting. I mean, it, it was truly repulsive and God forbid you ever have a child that has cancer like that. Cause that is the most unfair thing in the entire world and the most heartbreaking thing. And I understand that people try and joke and they don't have, there's, you know, no line they, they cross, but that doesn't mean that you can't see a time and place for certain things. There's no need for that kind of shit. There's just no need. And it should not be, again, as a society, as the people reading those things who don't agree with it, you need to, you need to fucking stand up to it. And I think that Yankee fans did a good job as a whole for that. Yeah. Not that we'll ever tell anybody that supports our show, not to support our show, but if you are that type of person, just 
don't we don't I just don't want to don't need your support. You. I just don't. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm done. And I say this all the time and maybe it's because I have a kid now and I think about things differently, but it, that's just there's just no place for it. No. There's absolutely no place for it. Nope. I agree. So my, my message here as a whole, and, and this is, I know it's just going to get a lot worse now that we're approaching a presidential election where there's been a contention on both sides, where right or wrong, nobody sees eye to eye on anything. You're either one side or the other, and there's very few people that can even look at things, uh, you know, sure. equally and try to, you there's know, no more, you said it rationale. in the beginning of the show, dude, there's no more debate in this, in, in our society anymore. It's just one side or the other, and that's it's so dangerous. So I know that it's just it's not going to get better. But if you're if you're listening to my voice right now, and I know we're running on close to two hours, and we appreciate everybody that stuck with us. I thought this was a hell of a fucking show today, uh, and I really appreciate your support. Just just be better. Just be better. There's no reason. There's no reason that you can't be. I agree. So. Uh, we'll end. We'll end the show there. Uh, we do want to, Chris and I. He ignores me every time I bring it up, but hopefully this week we can. Start I've had a crazy up. fucking week. I probably didn't even read your text. Yeah, you know, just uh, shut the fuck up. You ignore me. Just admit it. I do. I just admitted it. I said I don't even <laughs> read the text. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll start work on this Sterling uh, home run call T-shirts. Uh, the Garrett Cole Ace T-shirt. He, you might be a little sour on him, but go pick it up. You'll, you'll, re- you'll definitely be happy for it in the long run. I'm gonna. I don't want to put my stamp of approval on it because last time I did that, Sunny Gray happened. So that's true. <laughs> so maybe I won't do that, but definitely go to nyysportstalk.com, pick up some new swag, um, and we'll start work on those Sterling shirts this week. Hopefully. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, if you guys want to give out your individual handles, maybe now's the time. To at do Chris it. Jr. underscore NYYST. That guy, Rye underscore NYYST. At Christian underscore NYYST. We appreciate all your support. Uh, and the number that we had to hit to uh, for Manscaped to come on board full time absolutely blew right past it. And that's because of your support. So we thank you very much for that. Uh, you know, we're just, it's just going to help us be bigger and better in the future and bring the uh, type of content and, and, uh, that you guys love to you, uh, on a hopefully more regular basis and, uh, you know, be able to give you more entertainment and, you know, hopefully allow us more time to create good merch for you. So that's what that's all about. So thank you very much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to episode 192. We'll try to, we'll try to be more respectful of your time next episode, <laughs> but who knows? As long as we have a good show, have good content, I don't care if the show goes two and a half to three hours. Agreed. Felt really good about the show. So thank you very much for sticking with us. Let's, uh, I'm going to steal Ryan's phrase, but he can he can uh, bring it back home at the end. Yeah, As we close out here, green's on the mound, bottom of the six, yanks up 6-2. Let's bring this home. Let's let's get this shit together. Let's get in the postseason. Let's let's do this. Let's go Yankees. Come on. This is what we're all here for. We're all here for the Yankees to win fucking ball games. So Let's go. All right. So thank you for listening. Stat guy, Ryan. Let's go, Yangs, baby. Chris, say goodbye. Boom.